So you work from 6am to 6pm as a job, as an electrician. Why the hell would you want to go out and do extra work at the weekends or even extra work on the side? If you haven't got a Part P registration under your own name, you're not able to sign the work off anyway. And that may be the opinion of some employed electricians that don't want to do private work alongside their employed job. But it's the skills you've got as an electrician. They're yours. They're not the company you work for. So why shouldn't you go out and earn a little bit of extra money on the side? Doing private jobs, it'll get you that little bit of extra money if you want to build up your wages, maybe. Or even give you that little bit of experience of what it's like running your own business. Doing a few private jobs here and there to maybe one day become self-employed and start your own business. This podcast is all about private work and private jobs. Is it worth doing them? Or even is it legal if you're not able to give the customers a part P certificate for the work that you've carried out in their house? Toolbox Talks for Electricians, helping electricians reduce stress, gain back time and earn more money. Hello and welcome back once again. And if this is your first time, I'm your host, Ben Poulter of Toolbox Talks for Electricians. And I think on the subject of private jobs, it can be a bit of a mixed one. There's sort of the older generation of electricians that may be employed by a company and they've got no interest in doing private work. They just want to turn up, do their day's work and go home, which I understand, yeah, it is a little bit less stress maybe of running your own business. Or maybe they've given it a go maybe of uh, doing a few private jobs and had a bit of a bad experience with possibly builders or customers. Yep, and that's enough to think, I ain't doing that anymore. That's put them off for life. Which I can understand if you work for a company full-time in the week and they pay you sort of a set hourly rate and no matter how long you're on that job or whatever goes wrong, it's not your responsibility. It's down to the employer. All you got to do is phone them up saying, this has gone wrong, the kit didn't turn up, this has happened. You're still going to get paid the same hourly rate whatever. If you begin to take on jobs for yourself, maybe like a kitchen fit or maybe a whole new rewire, it can be challenging at times because you've got to figure everything out for yourself. You've got to be the person that designs it. You've got to be the person that liaises with the customer and the payment as well. Sometimes getting paid from customers can be a bit of a challenge of saying, right, yep, I need five grand. And you think, oh, five grand, they were just moaning a little while ago about, oh, they haven't got any money. And you've got to be the one to go up, and go up to them and say, right, yeah, you owe me five grand for this work that I've done for you. So it's a bit of a a bit of a sore subject sometimes with a customer where you've got to ask them for money, but they've agreed to pay it. So it's in a contract maybe or a quote. So that's what you've got to do as well. You've got to do your own paperwork. So yeah, it can be a bit more challenging running your own jobs, but I think beneficial money-wise. And then there's some people that like see it as a bit of a headache and think, no, I can't be asked to do that. I don't want to run my own jobs. I just want to be employed, do what I'm told, and turn up and get paid my hourly 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 wage. But Or some people, though, they see it as a bit of a challenge and, well, they thrive off a challenge. They like being tested. They like having the... The busyness sort of thing as well, I suppose. That's what I enjoy. I like being busy. I like being kept on my toes. I like interacting with customers. I like solving problems on site. It's all, and that keeps you alive. And I'm not saying that every job goes completely smoothly and runs fantastically. You always run into problems, whether it's the builders, the plasterers, the plumbers, the customer, or even building control sometimes. Things have to change. But these challenges that you come up against... You always learn from them. 
for the next time. It makes you better electrician, basically. It makes you think, right, yeah, I know. Well, if someone doesn't say, right, yeah, I don't want smoke smoke alarms. I don't need smoke alarms in this loft, com- loft conversion. They're just too much. They're extra. You need smoke alarms in a loft conversion. You need to get them every room as well for every exit, maybe. But yeah, there's some things that you need to know for building control because you've got to sign it off at the end of the day. But then you get the other guys that do private jobs that are eager to do private jobs. They want to do private jobs because they need to earn a little bit of extra money. They're in training. They may be an apprentice electrician, but they want to make that bit of extra money. They want to do a few private jobs at the weekend. They maybe want to work with another electrician or do some jobs for themselves. And I understand the ambition of these people that maybe are training to be an electrician. And they've been to college, they've read a few books, or they've done a little bit of work on electrical installs. And they think they know it all. And they think, yeah, I'm confident enough to go out and rewire that house. And maybe they're not. They're just a little bit less knowledgeable and of how to do it. But they give it the Billy Big Balls and they say, yeah, I can do this, I can do that. And it all goes wrong. Well, that's not a good idea. I think the younger generation these days, they may be, they want it all now, now, now. They don't want to wait and be qualified and gain the experience and the knowledge of, of qualifications of how to maybe do an electrical install or how maybe to wire a house, wire a motor, wire a, a heating system. They just want to go out and give it a go now and get paid and earn good money now. They don't want to wait around. Well, this happens often, and this happened a little while ago, where someone's son was doing an electrical apprenticeship, and they called me up. They said, oh, yeah, we've had this uh, outside light done, Ben, in the garden, and they've uh, sort of stopped working, which the guy, the, the, the apprentice, the guy's son, he did a fantastic job. He, he wired it right, but just didn't seal things properly, and everything got wet, and the drivers and the lamps that he installed were all wrong for the environment. And these sort of things come with experience. Yeah, they sell you sort of some lights from somewhere that I think they look lovely. I've got these lights, I want to put them in the garden. Yeah, but they're not meant to be sat submerged in water. And it's the experience of maybe, I don't know, doing the jobs of where the water's going to gather. If it's in a dip in a garden, don't put these waters in there that are sort of not rated for being submerged in water or boxes maybe boxes of joining i I try not to join anything outside if you don't have to because water's going to get in them this is what happens water gets in boxes water will get in everywhere well it's just one of them sad things that water does get in everything and you have to seal it 100 percent and there's a few jobs that i've been to before where people say oh yeah um my friend's son is doing an electrical apprenticeship and he did it for me. Well, yeah, great. They gave it a go. But nine times out of ten, they maybe did a few mistakes that you shouldn't have happened. And if they do a fatal mistake one day where that catches fire, yeah, it's not going to turn out well, is it? And although I admire these young electricians that want to get out there and do private jobs, they, jobs, they want to work, they want to earn money, but don't sort of go too eager too soon. If you're not sure, don't do it because you need to know 100% what you're going to do and leave properties to be sort of safe. Not sort of safe. You need to leave properties to be safe, basically. If you're doing a job for someone, you've got to be 100% sure that that's not going to catch fire and that's going to work for the long time, not just for the five minutes when you get paid and get out of there. 
there's always that one guy at college that he knows everything. He sort of thought he knew everything anyway. He even argued with Mr. Wallinger, my tutor at the time in Tresham. He argued with the tutor about some of the the regulations that you, the tutor was saying, which, yeah, was stupid. Like, I don't know why I argued with the teacher. You're an apprentice, mate. You should listen. You're there to learn. But he taught a great story, and he was full of ambition. And he, he always used to say what he's going to become. He's going to start his own electrical business, and he's going to be bigger and better than everyone else. Well, fantastic. You had a great amount of ambition. But today, I do know that that guy is not even an electrician. He's a fireman. I assume because he knows how many fires that there's going to be with the electrical work that he possibly did when he was an apprentice or when he was even an electrician. I didn't really work with him, so I don't really 100% know how fantastic he was. But the way he talked, maybe assume that you were crap. For these electricians that are training, I see you have only a few options of when it becomes to private work. You need to find maybe another electrical business that does work in the evenings. If you've got a job, say, 9 to 5, or never 9 to 5, if it is sort of 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. at night, uh, p.m., sorry, at night sometimes, but if you've got a full-time job in the week, find another maybe smaller one-man band that's got an electrical business where they sometimes need a hand at the weekends, and you could maybe give them a hand, and you could learn more of a different environment. If, say, if you're doing, doing industrial work for your apprenticeship within the company that you're working for then find a domestic electrician to maybe do a bit of work for on the side and alongside that you could do well some private work there you could do you could earn a lot bit you could earn a bit of money by doing some private work in a domestic premises and basically it'll benefit you because you'll be getting paid for private work and you'll be learning a little bit more as well in the electrical industry in a different environment and yes, no doubt, you will be the person that does all the chases and you pull the cables in and you may be the person that does all the clipping at the time. But if you've worked with them for a little while and they sort of get to trust you a bit, they'll say, right then, do a bit of second fixing. Let's see you put a pendant up. Let's see you put some sockets on. And the more confident you get with that electrician that you work for, you'll learn a lot more as you go along. Because if you're training to be an electrician, I wouldn't go out and do private work for... Well, customers, if you're not 100% confident that what you're doing is right, the reason customers ask maybe a younger lad sometimes that's maybe training to be an electrician, they find out that they're training to be an electrician and they think, hang about, yeah, I've got some electrical work needs doing. I'll give them a go. Because more than likely because they want to pay you a cheap rate. And this unfortunately does happen. Think, yeah, I've got a young lad, he's maybe 16 or 17, but he's training to be an electrician. In the customer's eyes sometimes, they sort of think, right, electrician is electrician. Trained electrician is the same thing. Not necessarily, because then they'll go out, that customer will buy all these lights off of Amazon for dirt cheap and say, can you install these for me, please? And yeah, you'll install them because you've got no none the wiser. These lights may be off Amazon that are meant to be inside a house where... There have been asked to install them in maybe someone's begoda or someone's outside shed, and they're not suitable for the environment. These little things that you'll know eventually because it will just cause a problem along along the well later on down the line. If you install these lights, they're going to ring you up and say, "Oh, these lights you put in, they don't work." Well, of course they don't. For, they're for a bedroom, mate. They're not for a shed or in a garden. This is sometimes the experience you've got to know as an electrician. 
But I know 100% sometimes when people are training to be an electrician and someone offers them a bit of work, it's hard to say no. I'll get £100 a day, mate, to come and give me a hand or come and put these outside lights in for me. Yep, if you're trained to be an electrician, you've got that little bit of knowledge, you're going to say, yeah, all right, I'll do it. 100 bucks, I would have done, I suppose, when I was younger. 100 quid for a weekend, spot on. That's more than I've ever earned. In the day, sort of thing. Sometimes when I'm my first apprentice, I was getting paid around £78 a week. So... Yeah, I would have jumped at the chance as well. But use it to your advantage. If you're training to be an electrician and you know electricians that you work with and you get along with them well, if you're not sure about something, they're the end of a phone these days. You can ring them up and say, look, man, I ain't sure about this. Can you just clarify what I should or shouldn't do? And sometimes if you're really not sure, you can FaceTime them. If the electrician knows how to use FaceTime sometimes, if it's an older guy, sometimes they don't want to do it. But use it to their advantage. I think a lot of electricians out there, they're more than happy to help some young lads that are training to be electricians. Oh, if someone phoned me up today and asked me a few questions, well, people do over on Facebook, inside the Facebook group. They ask me a few questions sometimes. Is this right? Is that right? Well, you can explain to them, no, it's not right. Don't leave it like that. Don't worry like this. Or you can you can say, fantastic, you've done a great job. That is spot on, mate. You should be good. But sometimes it's, it's harder from, from a picture on Facebook to say, yep, you've done a good job because you don't know where they've wired it from. They might have pulled it off a light fitting or pulled it off a socket. Like you don't know it's 100% sometimes. So maybe phone up an electrician and say, look, this is what I've done. Is it right? That's if you're 100% like, if you're not 100% sure, because sometimes you cannot leave things in a dangerous situation. It'll only come back and bite you in the long run. And one of my best pieces of advice for maybe training people, training to be sparkies, training to be electricians, training to be plumbers, training to be carpenters, training to be anything, you start a blog. Maybe if you write a blog or you maybe start a TikTok channel or a YouTube channel, you think of how many people are out there wanting to become electricians, wanting to become plumbers, wanting to become tradesmen, wanting to become builders, and they're not quite sure about what the industry is like. Then document it document you going to college about how what you're learning and what you're learning at college what books you use and you can use this to your advantage in the long run because so many people out there now are like electricians and plumbers well a lot of people they've got tiktok channels they get sponsored they earn a good little bit of well a good amount of money through their tiktok channel or through their youtube channel or through sponsorships they get given stuff all the time to say right can you use this to promote it and through through um being an apprenticeship Get given tools is a massive bonus because some of the tools I've even found out today that I never used to use when I was an apprentice. I never used to use when I was an electrician 10 years ago. But now I use some tools that make my life 10 times easier because some companies sent me, sent me them. And I think that's fantastic. I, sh- I should have bought one of these a long time ago, but I never knew they existed. So maybe starting something with a following on maybe TikTok or YouTube, because the younger generation, you've grown up with this. This is a bit of a different, this is a, a different area for someone like who's, well, who's 42, to be honest. It's sort of learning something new every day. But for the younger generation, I think growing a brand or growing a following of people that are sort of interested in what you're doing with your apprenticeship or with anything, what you're doing in your life. Sometimes people just like to watch other people because they learn from them. So growing a following would be fantastic. And then eventually, if you turned out one day and said, right, yep, two or three years down the line when you're qualified, I'm starting up my own business. 
people will think, great, this, gone, this guy's gone through all the training. You can look back to see that he's actually qualified. And then people will love to have you work for them because maybe you've got a bit of a following or maybe, I don't know, they know that you do a good job. They can look back and think, right, this guy's not just one of these Kellogg's cornflakes barkies that have gone to, I don't know, gone to college for a week or bought their qualifications off of Instagram. They, they can see that. And I think that's a great advantage for younger kids these days. I do say younger kids because maybe the apprenticeships and stuff like that. A lot of electricians that are doing, well, train, training to be an electrician are apprentices that are maybe 16. They are younger kids. But for the older generation, like myself, who's 42, I think, something like that. And you're also maybe training to be an electrician and you're going through qualifications. But you want to make some money maybe along the way while you're training to maybe get some experience as well you could do the same thing you could work with other electricians on a on a basis where you maybe you work the weekend so you've got your full-time job still where you're you're working that full-time job and also doing your training you could work with other electricians and then when you become qualified and may say maybe that you're working for a company as an electrician but you think "Mm, the ambition really was to start up on my own well you can start doing a few nice easy jobs maybe, like an extension or a kitchen, just to top up your wages a little bit and give yourself a sort of a taste of being sort of self-employed as an electrician, running your own jobs. But this is where the part piece, the part piece stification, yeah, you need that to sign your jobs off. Mm, Not necessarily. This is a bit of a grey area and I've been trying to do some research but it's not 100% clear whether you is a legal requirement for you to actually have a part P certification to be able to do electrical work in a domestic premises. Because if you're like me and think that part P is a complete ripoff for electricians, I think if you're qualified and you have a good amount of history behind you as an electrician, you should be given the part P as a qualification and be able to sign off work. But this is not going to make any money for NAPIT or the NICEIC, is it now? There is some aspects that I agree with the Part P certification because it is a good idea for maybe landlords and homeowners and domestic premises to have a Part P registered electrician do work on their house because, yeah, there's so many cowboys out there. This this is the thing. So if you can get a Part P, then they've been checked out. Their qualifications, their work's been checked out enough for them to be competent to do work in your house but the interesting thing that i found out a few years ago is that my napit assessment was overdue and the assessor he couldn't make it for maybe i don't know about six months he kept putting me off and i needed that qualification the assessor to come out to be able to carry on signing off work it was getting a bit backed up but the customer that i did some work for they needed that part piece certification now they didn't want to wait six months until the assessor came out and signed me off so I could able to go onto the the NAPIT portal to be able to give them the Part P which I had to visit the the site I went to site with the council to say yep I'm a qualified electrician I showed him all my qualifications and he was happy I gave him a test certificate as well to say look I've tested it I'm just waiting for that NAPIT guy to come out and assess me to pass it off so I can be able to send the Part P but they wanted the Part P they needed it now they need to get that building regulation sign off And I was surprised to learn that the council, they had a way around it, which was interesting to say. They said all I had to do was give them £80 and they'll give me the Part P. 
Yep, they've seen my qualifications and they've seen my test certificate. Well, obviously, I've issued to the customers. But for the Part P certificate, all they wanted to do was 80 quid. Money talks. This is another scenario, which I understand being Part P registered with Napier and then I see you can... You can save yourself a lot of money rather than having to give the council £80 every time to sign off a job. So, yeah, maybe if you do need to sign off with a Part P registration all the time, get NIC or NAPIT registration. But you can also get it through the council, which I don't know why I was probably surprised that the council could do that because if there's money to be made, then they're going to give you a solution or they're going to give you an option to say, yeah, pay this amount and we'll sort that out for you. And I think with what's going on in the world at the minute with all the mortgages, mortgage and interest rates all over the place, um, the customers are going to go and shop around a little bit more for maybe a tradesman. They're going to ask a few more quotes or they're going to try and get the best deal for the work they want done in the house. And this, of course, is going to make employed electricians want to do a little bit of extra work on the side to top up their wages. Maybe if you're an employed electrician on 40 grand a year and the cost of living's gone up. So they want to earn a little bit more money, which I can completely understand. I don't blame them. Because if you start doing a little bit of work on the side and start maybe gathering up customers' information for when you maybe, there might be an option to start up on your own. Because no job employed is secure for life. I've found that out a few times. I've worked for electrical companies that have gone bust and think, right, I've got to find another job. But in a small town where I live, it was easy enough to find another job. But you don't know, sometimes maybe if you live in London, there's a lot of electricians out there. So taking on your own work as maybe private jobs or start up your own little business on the side as an electrician might be a little bit of an advantage. But go that little step further. If you maybe you're doing one job a weekend, keep that customer's information, keep their email, keep their phone number. Because then later on down the line, if you start up your own business, they could help you get more customers. They could help you grow your business because they know you already. You've done a good job for them. So they can help, yeah, like I say, they can help you grow your business. So I think I'd keep that information for actually on just on the back burner, just in case, because you never know what's going to happen. So the conclusion to this podcast is doing private jobs as an electrician worth it. Hell yeah. I think definitely. I said go out and do private jobs. But the thing is, if you don't really don't want to do private jobs, if someone finds out you're an electrician, all fantastic. If you go to a barbecue a lot of the time and you say, yeah, I work as an electrician, there's ten, more like 10, 10 or 12 people there that think, oh, I need an electrician. I want my shed wiring up. I want my loft conversion doing. There's so, so many people that need an electrician all the time. And if they meet you at a maybe a venue or at a pub or at a barbecue and get to know you a little bit, they'll take your number and they will phone you later on for electrical work. But if you really don't want to do the job, then put a good price in for it. Put a good price into it for it that's going to make it worth your while. Well, there's another thing that if a couple of my friends are listening to this, you probably know because I've done it to you. If I go and do some work for them, they say, right, Ben, how much is that? I'll say to him, do you just pay me how much you think that was worth? That people, uh, friends hate it. C- customers would hate it if you said that to them, I think. Well, maybe some customers will give you a tenner and say, get lost. But I always say to them, right, you pay me just how much you think it is worth. If I'm not happy, then you'll know because I won't answer the phone to you again. And that will sort of maybe 
well, it'll make them appreciate you a little bit more, I think, to say, yeah, and a lot of the times, I haven't fell out of any of my friends yet. They've all paid me a decent amount, thinking, yeah, this is worth that much. I'll pay you that, Ben. I'm more than happy to pay you that. And sometimes I think, yeah, well, I would have charged less, but it's good. It's good to sort of get that relationship with my friends to know that if you're going to call me up to do electrical work, you're going to need to pay me. So if you're ever asked to do private work or ever asked to do a little bit of a job on the side from your maybe employed electrician, give it a go. You never know. You might like it. So until next time, I'll see you again. Just a little PS on the end of this podcast. If you're inside of the Toolbox Talks for Electricians group, where the conversations are fantastic, the giveaways are great, and if you enjoy this podcast, you get to hear from me a lot more. So check the link in the show notes below and come over and join inside the group. 